When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We can find instant satisfaction in almost anything these days. Sleepy? Instant coffee. Need to sell your car fast? Car sales? Instant offer. That's right. Sell your car the instant way. And get it done with Australia's most trusted site for cars. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. Shop the Chemist Warehouse Mayhem sale and find up to half price off Swiss and Go Health Vitamins. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. Tune it is. Get you up for your morning show for today. Hope you're all good wherever you are in the country. If you're on the way to work, have a great day from bed. Oh, enjoy your lion. A lovely lion this morning. It's been hectic. Yesterday I was in Whangarei. Cancel flight. Drive to Auckland. Just make it. Get back late last night and we're back into it this morning. We've only got Louis in the house, in the studio. He's holding the fort down. Man down, man down. Get to the chopper. Tony Kemp, it's got him. It's got him. He's finally been struck down. Not with what you think. He's a little bit crook today, and we uh, send him all our wishes and love and best recovery uh, for the frail. But great uncle man, he's a champion, Kempi. He's in hospital at the moment. He's uh, a little bit crook, and uh, we send out him our well wishes. If you want to send him our, your well wishes, give us a text, double eight double three on the Temper Bedpost text machine, and we'll get those to Kempi. He'll be listening. He'll be tuning in this morning, no doubt. So, uh, yeah, send your well wishes to Uncle. 
Uh, we've got a good show for you today, Thursday the 12th of May, our Mick Cafe Coffee Catch-Up with Rugby Players Association boss Rob Nickel about the latest proposal for Global Rugby Calendar, the potential of a club championship designer and the Silver Lake Steel, the Silver Lake Steel, which is going to be voted on June the 2nd. That's when the, uh, the final deal will be struck and more will be known. Uh, so we'll get uh, Rob Nickel on to shed some light on that conversation and then later on we're going to talk to EA Sports and FIFA fans. They must be devastated with the news yesterday that EA Sports and FIFA parting ways. Good thing or bad thing? Owen Good, he writes for Polygon website and he's an avid gamer, loves gaming. I'm sure many of you out there enjoy the gaming as well. FIFA, probably the biggest sport game out on all our uh, devices at the moment. And, uh, yeah, the parting ways. You saw what it did for rugby, Louis. I know you would have been a rugby 08 fan when EA Sports created that game. And then they parted ways, and rugby has never been the same again. Never, ever been the same again. So, uh, yeah, it's interesting to see what will happen. And then New, New Zealand Music Month, after eight, we're going to welcome in an absolute champion icon of New Zealand's uh, New Zealand music. Uh, all you dudes, fans, stand up. Pete Ehrlich is going to come in the studio with Louie and he's going to sit there and we're going to talk some music, we're going to talk some sport after 8 o'clock. So uh, make sure you stay tuned and we'll have a good conversation with Peter Ehrlich. He's an absolute champion of New Zealand uh, music and he loves his sport. So looking forward to it. Like I said, give us a text anytime, double eight double three, or call on the Kenard Tire phone line. Remember, remember, Quizzy Dag. Your chance to head to the Gold Coast, courtesy of Willamette Travel for the V8 supercars, flights, accommodation. All you've got to do is ring up at about 6.40ish for Quizzy Dag, take on the Quizmaster. You win, you go into the draw. How good? That is our show for today. I'm going to sh- quieten down and go over and have a wee check-in on my mate who's lonely in the studio, Louis Herman Watt. Morning, Louis. Pierce Beast picks it up off the back of the scrum and he is flying down the sideline. How It was just so unfair because Pierce Beast was the biggest and the strongest and the fastest in the whole game. And the minute you picked it up off the back of the scrum and you had Percy kicking goals from anywhere on the field, South Africa were a juggernaut in rugby 08. Mm, they were, mate. Look, honestly, there's never been a game that has matched it. that has been the same. You see it, look at rugby... Rugby Challenge, I think, yeah, it's called Rugby Challenge. Ah, it's, just, it's just doesn't even count close. Rugby 08 is the greatest rugby game. Oh, compared to Jonah, what was better? What do you reckon, Jonah or Rugby 08? Well, I was just about to say, you know, there's a, that's you've you got to be careful because I know there's people out there like Guy Havel who, if they're listening, would uh, arc up at the thought that Rugby 08 was better than Jonah Lomu Rugby. And there's a case Ooh. to be made for both. Rugby 08 was more my era. So I am pretty loyal to mm. Rugby 08. But I've got no issue, no qualms about the, the John Lomu fans. Is is FIFA the best sports game ever made? Because personally, I'm a 2K fan. It's the only thing I play. I've yeah. got a PS4 and the yeah. only game I play is 2K. I get the new one every year. And I love my basketball. I absolutely love my basketball. So, mm. And it's kind of actually, you know, that's, that's where my kind of... 
passion for basketball actually started was on the PlayStation. And I think gaming and this, remember we spoke to um, your bro-in-law and he was saying that gaming actually opens up so many other avenues outside of sitting in front of your computer for people. And that was like that with me for 2K and basketball. Started mm. playing 2K, like kind of 2K way back in the day. And then all of a sudden I want to go out there and I want to try these things. And I think lots of people find that, would have found that with FIFA and basketball. But is FIFA the best sports game, is he? Um, I'd say it's probably the most played sports game because of the share of numbers and, and you know that uh, you know, football is probably the biggest, one of the biggest sports globally around the, around the world. I think the best thing with, um, with, uh, with, with, um, with, with the game of, of FIFA and, and FIFA and, and PlayStation and, and things like that is these games are so realistic. They're so realistic that you can actually for fans and just normal pundits out there that enjoy the game, you can actually go into these games, you can create a character, you can chuck your character into these famous franchises. You know, you can have Louis Herman Watt playing for the Lakers and suiting up. And, like, it's, it's fascinating the things you can do. It's so realistic. You can actually go to, like, camps, go through college, and it's, like, pretty much real-life scenarios that these games are creating for sports fans. And that's what they do so well. So um, I think in sheer numbers, FIFA would have to be. I remember why I support Man United. I remember vividly sitting in uh, Hastings and Elwood Road and I was playing for Manchester United. And uh, we had obviously Cristiano Ronaldo, the young one, when they were actually really good and competitive. They're horrible now. but And then you go out and you start trading and you transfer and you buy all these crazy players and yeah, you bring yeah, them yeah. to Man U. And and it just makes it so much fun. So, um, yeah, it's it's interesting that what's going to happen. Are they going to go to two K? Is FIFA going to go to two K? Because I know two K basketball is a great game. The and best. I'll be honest, that is probably one of the most realistic sports games going around. So, is FIFA going to go to two K? Oh, I don't I, I don't know, but I hope so. And look, I people that know about more about the stuff than me have told me for a long time, EA Games is actually not mm. they, they actually don't do a great job of FIFA. Like the gameplay isn't that great. Um, there's massive flaws in it, there's massive issues in it. You can kind of play you can it, mm. they you can do a you can actually do the sport a disservice by playing a certain way in FIFA and kind of gaming the sport, if you know what I mean. So they need to fix yeah. that. And I think that'll open an avenue. Mm. I love what FIFA have done here. If it is FIFA, the the body, they're saying, you know, no, this is what we value because the, you know, EA Sports or whoever makes this game is making a huge profit off the license. Let's be honest. So mm. many people will yeah. be buying it. So they're always going to turn a profit. Mm. So I assume that's it. And we can figure out from uh, Owen Good from Polygon. He'll have all the details. Is he? I'm, I'm very excited to chat about this. And I think it, it really does uh, matter. I think there'll be lots of people impacted. We've got Rob Nickel coming up, of course, as well. Mm. Um, World Rugby, there's still rumblings out of Dublin. You've got Robbo from NZR, Mark Robinson up there, all of the Chiefs from around the world, knee-deep in these discussions about how to move the game forward. And then at the same time, the Silver Lake deal is finally, hopefully, on June 2nd, about to be tickety-booed off. Um, and it's been a long journey, and the whole kind of injection of private equity and the conversation about private equity into the sport of rugby, it's all coming to mm. a head in a positive way. So that's very exciting, and it, and it must be exciting for you as a former player, is he? It, yeah, look, I'm a little bit like every... Because this has been going on for so long, 
I'm gonna. Have, I'm looking forward to having chat because obviously he's been a big part of why it's been so delayed. And, yeah, and yeah, the players that's right. are always holding it up. So it'll be quite interesting to see come June the second if it actually gets over the line or is it going to be dragged out like the Christchurch Stadium? You know, like it's. Ooh. it's <laughs> you don't get me started Ooh. on that, mate. Don't get me started. Cathedral chat, anyone? Christchurch Stadium. <laughs> like yeah, so it's it's interesting times, and obviously the, that's the situation with the Silver Lakes. You've got this new proposal from up north and in the south. We touched on it yesterday. Is it probably is it the realistic opportunity for you know the where the, the unions need to go? The Six Nations up north, the Six Nations down below. Does he like it? Is he a fan? So there's lots to talk about. There's some rugby happening this weekend, mate. Big news with um, with the Hollanders, Sam Gilbert. Sam Gilbert starting at 10 for the Landers. He's played wing and fullback his whole, t- whole life. He did play 10 at school, I've got to be honest, but his whole professional, ke- uh, professional career, he started in the outside backs. He is starting at 10 for the, against the Western Force in Dunedin. Louis, I know you've seen Sam Gilbert, the big player on the outside for, um, yeah. for the Landers. He started at 10. Look, if you ask me what I'm expecting from the young man, um... Look, uh, from what I've seen, and I've only seen him on the outside, and w- what you don't see on the outside is his, obviously, distribution, his ability to link up and, and you know, look after his outsiders, his middies, and, and control the game. What I've seen and what I've been impressed with is defensively, he's pretty sound. He's a big man. Yeah, he's very strong. So he'll, sh- he'll shore up that 9-10 position, obviously, helping Aaron Smith. Uh, he's got a great boot on him. He can kick the ball a long way. So kicking and, and getting the ball down out of the exit zone and out of the area is not going to be a problem. He's big man too. So what they do in the Hollanders, and you watch it, is Mitch Hunt actually defends at the back. And what teams have, have realised and figured out is when he's at the back, chuck the ball up. He's a small man. You know, you saw the crossfield kick from the Reds over the weekend when they crossfield and just jumped over him and, and scored that try. So... What they do is they defend him back there. Sam Gilbert will go back there. He's a big man. He's tall, and he's obviously very, very good in the air. So that will shore up that thing. So from first uh, reaction, I was probably like, wow, what the hell are they doing? Tony Brown, he's very creative, but that might be a step too far. But then I thought about it a bit more and thought about his uh, his game awareness and, and his strengths with his with his game, and it starting to tick all boxes. So the young man, it be interesting to see how he goes on Friday night. Yeah, no, it will, it will be. Are they is, is Thomas Umunga Jensen playing outside him? I haven't actually, uh, I haven't got that in front of me. But it makes a big, it makes a big uh, insides pairing, and those boys are strong in there. Um, they've got some absolute size. I tell you what, being down in Otago over the weekend, is he uh, mm. like deep, deep in Highlanders country, like deep into Central Otago? They've got a real issue with Mitch Hunt. They have a the punters have a real issue with Mitch, Mitch Hunt there. They are not sold. Mm. They're pretty gutted with the way the season's going, and they're putting a lot of it at his feet. And like a like a halfback in rugby league, and like a quarterback in, um, uh, in American football, the first five obviously cops a lot of the blame and a lot of the praise when it's going good. Just look at Moonga and Bodie, and it's happened for years and years and years. Unless you DC, you kind of um, like mm. Teflon. But the 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 situation with Mitch Hunt down there is pretty bleak with the fans. They were craving a change, and I don't think yeah. there was a there was a natural one in the in the side. So I've got no issue with what Tony Brown's done here. I think their season's at a point where if you don't try mm. something, well, what what are we doing? Are we just waiting for next year? Because mm. uh, that, that's the way their season's trending. So, hey, if it comes off, 
he'll look like a genius, Tony. And if it doesn't, well, they couldn't have carried on the way they were going anyway. So I think it's brilliant. Mate, as you listen to um, Clark Dermody's comments. If you read the article, he talks about um, you know that that situation. You know, Mitch Hunt has struggled at the start of the year. Probably had his best performance against the Reds. Uh, but now they've given Sam Gilbert an opportunity, and if he goes out and takes it well and, and plays extremely well, then that, that jersey's his. So no one's really cemented that spot. They've got Marty Banks, Mitch Hunt, um, and now they've got Sam Gilbert. So there's there's players there, but no one's really taken it. So this is an opportunity for them heading into uh, potentially making the playoffs and being there. He's 100 kilos, mate. Ooh. Sam Gilbert. He's 100 clicks. Francois Stein. man. He's a prize by saying. So this is somewhere. And I can understand why people, um, you know, Mitch Hunt was at the Crusaders. He was always back up to Richie Maunga. But every time he went on, he performed. Richie went down. He actually, um, you know, went in and did his job and did it really well. He's gone down there and he probably hasn't had the influence and impact that uh, all the pundits were after. So I can understand their frustration. They want someone. And you know how important the 10 is. You know, they, they drive your team. And you look at the Crusaders' outfit. They've got Richie Moonga, and they haven't got a specialist 10 on the bench. So they've gone with um, Braden Eno and Lester Whainganuku or Te Toiro Tahuru Rangi. So David Harvey slips into 10. If they do have that, God forbid, we don't want it to happen, but Ooh. Richie Moonga goes down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, David Harvey slips into 10. So, yeah. Is he? That's the way the team's going. I love it. I abs- Actually, you, you've done it. You've prompted me. Can't wait question of the day. 0800-150-811-8833. we got a TAB voucher, $50. TAB.co.nz, you can go and spend that. My can't wait question of the day today, and I need to hear from you on this, and feel free to shoot me down. I don't care. Are the Crusaders the team to stop the Brumbies' win streak against New Zealand teams this weekend? Are the Crusaders who have been admittedly pretty slow and they got stung by the Waratahs, they came back and played well against the Force, are they the team to put Australian rugby, <laughs> the Brumbies, back in their box on Friday night? 0800-150-811. And you know what? I'll go first. They are. The Crusaders team <laughs> they've named is probably the strongest-looking team that they've been able to put out Coming off the back of a dominant game against the Force, they've got size, they've got leadership. I love the, I love, I love what they've done with the bench and only having Richie there because they're just putting their best players on the field and they know they need to find some momentum as he. So, I actually think that they're ready to go. Take your patch off, Louis. Take your patch off. We've both got them on. <laughs> hey, nah, I, I agree. Look, I hundred percent. I love. The, what, they're, what they're about. And uh, <laughs> get off to Tim, eh? Should we chat to Tim? Let's we'll get into it. Tim, eh? He's just called in about the Crusaders. Timmy from Christchurch. How are you? Are you confident they can do it? We're good, mate. How are you? I mean, we're, it's not really Crusaders at the moment, but um, they showed good for last week. And uh, in their second half, I think it was against the, the Rebels or whatever. Um, but, you know, like, we definitely not been dominant force this year. But, but, you know, it has been a funny old year with injuries and people being away and games getting moved and all that sort of thing. But I, I just feel like the Crusaders team always builds and builds and builds through the season. Uh, it's no good feature at the start of the year. So hopefully Razor's got him primed for, uh, you know, this is this is the sort of game that's going to be a test match, right? 
Yeah, no, yeah. you bang on, Tim, yeah. and it's you're right, and it is the game that they're going to be using to pretty much look as an extension of the final series. Look, the other the other key point is Noah Lolasio and Rob Valentini are out, mm. so they've pretty much been the the Brumbies have been on fire. But they have been depending on the Wallabies players a lot, and they've built this kind of great core. Those two guys are out. The Crusaders Ooh. have named their biggest side of the their best side of the year. And listen yeah. to this, Izzy Scott Robertson. You reckon he knows how to win in Canberra? We made nearly four hundred tackles that night as a team. Um, it was a record. Um, it was a pretty cold night. Um, it was a storm coming coming in, and you know it was freezing in the stands. Um, I remember Mortlock missed. A couple out in front, and I remember just turning around saying, you sure you want to take another one? And That was 2000, when they won in that <laughs> final down there, in the cold. They know how to do it, is he? Oh, they do, they do. They know what... Mate, they've had, they've had the wool over the Brumbies there. I remember um, we've played, I played them three or four times over in Canberra, and we we just got up. We weren't playing any, any exciting or nice brand of rugby, but we always went over there, we always performed. So for the question before we shoot off, Louis, is... Who are the favourites? Obviously now with that loose four trio out, that just changes the whole landscape. You saw the size with Ethan Blackadder and Pablo Matera with Cullen Grace in the loose Huge. four trio. I'm pretty sure they were they were selected to match Roel Valentini and and, and uh, who was that one? Pete Samu. Pete Samu's out. And so, look, they're gone. Man, that changes the whole landscape. Crusaders all day, I reckon. Well, there you go. That's Izzy's take. What's yours? Be like Tim. Appreciate yeah, you the got call, Noah. Tim. Noah's out too, isn't it? Noah, Noah Lolasio and out. Rob oh, Val- Valentini. Are the Crusaders Dang. the Kiwi team to stop the Brumbies slide? Uh, can can we put Australian rugby back in the box? Give me a call. 0800 Text double eight double three. We've got a TAB voucher, $50 for you to come through with. Tim, love the energy early doors. It's 23 minutes past 6 o'clock this morning. Baznizzi for breakfast here at the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Hear from you on the Brumbies versus the Crusaders after this. You're listening to Baznizzi for breakfast on SENZ. Yeah, you certainly are this morning. And our can't wait question of the day, because I was so excited to ask you this. I think I know the answer, but I want to hear it from you. Are the Crusaders the team to beat the Brumbies, uh, to stop the Brumbies' win streak against New Zealand teams? Are they the team to stop the slide? With those omissions, Izzy, you'd have to say Mm. that they are the favourites. The bookies have got them favourites. And Mm. we've got a couple of texts here that agree. Yeah, for sure. Louis, they are. Come on, bro. Crusaders all day. Crusaders not only on Saturday, but they will win the whole comp. That is from our good friend Mark from Tauranga. He knows what he's on about, Shot Marky. Another one. Good morning, boys. 100%. They will go down. They will down the Brumbies. It's a good test for the team and coach. Money on. Go the Crusaders. Also, I thought Kempi might be up and about in the hospital. You're a good man. He wishing you all the best from Dave. And then another one here from Brett. Nobody loves rolling the Brumbies in Canberra more than the Saders. They've stacked the Ford Pack. They've been in Australia for a while. So they've stayed under the radar a little bit and they think they'll look to flex and make a statement. They'll rip in. Yeah, honestly, after those emissions, I, like if those those players were available, I thought the Brumbies would have been the favourites at home uh, with what they've been able to do over the last couple of weeks. But obviously those big emissions, I think the Crusaders and the selections they've made, I think they're going to put in a big performance. 
uh, personally, I think they're going to go out there and make an absolute statement against Australia and, and the Brumbies. Well, you know, there's a lot to play for because if they win by a bonus point, I think mm. they can really put themselves... I don't know if they confirm it, but they put themselves in the box seat to have that second position, which means they play the finals mm. all the way at home. Um, well, would play, you know, apart from the top qualifier. But so there is a lot of incentive there. The, 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 you know, the concerning thing about today, Izzy, mm. is that, like... We give Joe and Karen in the kitchen, we give them a lot. We really do. Mm. And they give us a lot. And it's a partnership. Like We need them, they need us. And then Joe turns around and he says one of the most offensive things I've ever heard to me, like to my face. Yeah. Joe, what did you say? I said that I'd rather watch the Hurricanes than the Crusaders. I think that they play more exciting, more fun rugby. And what I mean by that, what I mean by that is that... What is exciting no, okay. to you? Losing. No, no, no. Losing. Exciting to me is like underdog close con- uh, contests. <laughs> like, you know, I'm out in the cold in Wellington. I'm 10 years old. It's blistering you wins. one game. No, no, no. Watch the Fiji draw game. <laughs> no, what I'm, what I'm saying, you know, it's just like... I, I, they just always... All right. Um, <laughs> you can hear from you, Joe. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. Can I ask Joe, who, <laughs> ask Joe who who's their open side? <laughs> How are you going, Izzy? <laughs> okay. Joe, that's your time, time for this morning. Uh, half past six. Don't ever say that to me again, Joe. That is, before we come on here, 20 minutes before we come on here, that is that is one of the... That's your crossing lines when you start talking about the Hurricanes being more exciting than the Crusaders, personally, to me. Um, yeah, good to have you listening, Wellington. 29 minutes away from 7 this morning. We've got lots to get through, including a big love racing .NZ, Izzy, because the good Kiwi horses are back this weekend, including the cash machine, the till on Trivier. And we're going to talk about that in a second. Mm. Here is Aroha with the news for Kubota, though. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. the Knicks, Daniel McCarty and the team with the call on Saturday night as the Wellington Phoenix are in the playoffs. Very excited to see Ollie Sale and the lads get stuck into some finals footy. Leeds have just kicked off against Chelsea, nil or two and a half minutes through there. Richie, I see you on double eight, double three. The truth hurts, eh, Louis? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, maybe. Maybe I'm feeling vulnerable because the Saders haven't been playing well that, that well this year, Richie, but they are ready to bounce back and go big this Friday night. I'm certain of it. Daggy, you were uh, in the WAPS yesterday. Did you have service and have a bet? No, mate. I missed that bet. I had no service. I've come into service and I've seen you go, oh, man, it just smashed them. What was it? Dom- Domsky? Dovsky? Dovsky. was it? Dovsky. And it oh. paid three bucks on the tote. Oh, oh. Mike from Riverton. Good man, that was the mail, and it made sense. And then we, and then the other one I tipped out, Heidi High, five dollars sixty, two dollars ten, in the last. It's Did not you multi that? I had a, I had Davovsky into uh, a Heidi High a place, and then a little side bet on Heidi High to win. So pretty happy, really. Not bad for a Wednesday, mate. Hey, eh? I told you At yesterday, Riverton. Wednesday's no good for me. Thursdays, 
good for me. And I've obviously saw Whanganui. So is there anything today that you could lead me into? But probably not, eh? <laughs> oh, look, I had, a, I had a quick look through the fields and I, there wasn't anything that jumped off the paper at me. I'll tell you what, mm. in, in race number eight, you could back... You could probably back Zephyr Z each way. Lisa Allfress, John Wheeler, it's quite obviously, mm. I think I think it's probably uh, the most talented horse in the field. But, yeah, pretty or, tough. Or I could save my money. Or I could save my money and we could bet on the Kiwis on the weekend. I think, that, right? I think, that, I think that's now more... Now give me some of that hope. More attractive. Yeah, that's right. Let's let's look at it. Well, actually, should we start at Rotorua? Because um, Kimpy, mm. he's he's all. Uh, Mark said, "Where's Kimpy?" Mark, he's old up in hospital. The, the war tank, the old war tank, Kimpy finally got a chink <laughs> in the armor. We finally. So he's had to go for a little tune up. One of his knees, no good. Um, but we're thinking of you, Kimpy. And and on Saturday, you've got Cinerama who is a $2 favourite in a Group 3, the Rotorua Cup. $2. Now, that is short. Very short. And Leaderboard, who doesn't have a jockey booked, is 4.550 into 4.20. So there's obviously a bit of confidence around Leaderboard. Cinerama, she gets the beautiful weight of 53.5. Uh, Big Mike stretches the, in the handicap condition, stretches the weights right out. So Cinerama, she's uh, the best horse probably in the field, let's be honest. And she gets the 53.5, so I get it. But I was thinking something closer to 3.50. You know, that's not being insulting the Cinerama. It's just $2 is very short on a wintry 2,200-metre trip. But we don't know. Mm. Al Sharrick might just say she just wins. So we'll have to figure that one out. The other good race of the day is the Ridges Rotorua Stakes. That's a group three for fillies and mares over the uh, uh, the 1,400 metres. And I actually think Jodel and Gals in each way bet here at $5, $2. That's right in my wheelhouse. She's won and she's run second, fresh up. Uh, she's pretty much the only one in the market or the ones that I want to back that's got a draw. Oscilletta's drawn 20. Um, Tabata, Baz has got Tabata in here, drawn 13. <laughs> Illumination is another one that I'd be watching for a place. La Bella Beals, I wanted to back the win, but it's drawn 16. Sassy Merlot, 18. Mai Tai, 19. Secret and More, 17. So Jodel and Gal kind of is naturally the one that I want to back here. And then, Izzy, you make a good point. We've got Queensland to look at, and it's Group 1 mm. racing. Do you think that when we send Kiwis over to to race in these Group 1s that they just pulled the widest barrier for us? Like it's like the visitors draw? <laughs> I don't know, mate. Oh, it's, it's starting to get a bit like the bunker, isn't it? It is. It's starting to get a bit like the bunker. The Aussies just slipping one right up the... The Kiwis and giving it back, mate. Look, I, I reckon there's something going on because um, I was talking. Oh, look, I don't want to bring it up, but a tissue's made this weekend too. And, <laughs> and, uh, um, so she's not still in the barriers. Uh, uh, no, no, she's drawing barrier twenty. She's out in the car park, so it's not ideal. She'll probably be pulled, but um, and I was like, mate, she doesn't get any luck over there. And I was like, what's going on? They just draw it out of a hat. And he's like, yeah, but I'm starting to think they just do it on purpose. So everyone's starting to think the same as you, Louis. Well, I and don't I know. Just, do we need Graham Annesley to issue a press mm. conference and a please explain from the NRL about these barrier draws? Because on <laughs> trivia, fifteen out of fifteen, although Trent. 
take the ten dollars on on Trevier, they will be coming down the middle outside by that time of day. Barrier fifteen will be her friend, and I, I know what you're saying there, Nine Trent. Bucks. Nine bucks now. So they've moved this meat. Oh, no. They've moved this meat to Eagle Farm because the track dries a little bit better, but it's been so wet over there. This is a really good field. I mean, Kimantari has come back into form. What an incredible story he is. Count de Rupee's taken heaps of cash. So. The uh, stable's obviously very excited there. You've got Mazu as the $2.80 favourite. And look, Mazu just could be special. He's just been booked for two years of the Everest. So mm. the slot holders, the Arrowfield slot holder have said, no, no, let's just book him in two years in a row because he's going to be a star of the future. You've got Generation who runs good races, Paulel uh, for uh, Godolphin. And then the Kiwi Mare on Trivier, who you got to say is an each-way chance. So, look, I'm excited to see her go. And there's lots of other Kiwis on the card as well. Is he including in the uh, Rough Habit, which is a really good race going into the Queensland Derby, Pinarello, who is $6 and $2.30. Mm. Lee Thinnis is over there doing the riding, and I just think he's each-way all day. I love him. Yeah, I just had a look at that. So that's the race before that one, Pinarello. Each way, Tutukaka, Nash Rowilla, he's on top. Uh, I was in Tutukaka, so I thought, you know, it must be, it's meant to be. Um, obviously, that one's a not a bad one. But what is our best Kiwi chance? we got on Trivia, you reckon? That's our best Kiwi? Um, what I'll say is I'll say that the rough habit is our, the best, the be, the race that will, one of our Kiwis will go well. And you're probably just thinking because that's mm. the numbers of horse in there. But you've got to remember, what do we do well? We do staying types that can get through the wet. So over 2,100, Dark Destroyer, Tutakaka, Pinarello, and Ruark, one of those, I think, will win, has a really good chance of winning race seven, the rough habit. Um, there are some other nice chances throughout the day. Pikey's got his two-year-olds in there, Slipper Island and DiMaggio Joe, um, and we've got some other horses across the card. So you can you can actually pretty much have a bet in most of the races if you want to follow the Kiwis. James McDonald jumps on a couple of them as well, which is always very excited to get the Kiwi connection there. It'll be a fun day. It'll be a really fun day on Saturday, is he? Mm, just never gives up, does it? Never gives up. I think I'm going to have a week off the punt and then bang, get some Kiwi horses and some gems running around this weekend. How good. Cinerama all day, Kempe said. Hey. Cinerama all day from Uncle. He's listening. We miss you, mate. Hope you're all good and, and recover well, brother. Anyway, it's time for Quizzy Dag. Take on the Quizmaster 0800 150. Give us a call. You could win a trip to the Gold Coast. You can go on the draw to go over to the Gold Coast, courtesy of Willamette Travel. Flights and accommodation all covered. Give us a call now. Take on the Quizmaster. On your radio, giving you the chance to head to the Gold Coast. Five questions for the win. Supercars on the line. Oh, 800 150 811, you're mine. It's Quizzy Dag, 
Give it a go. It's Quizzy Dag. Now don't you choke. It's Quizzy Dag. Who knows the most? It's Quizzy Dag. We're going to the go-go. Yeah, go to the Gold Coast. That's right. If Louis' tips don't come in in this weekend, he needs to go to the Sandpit. He needs to go to the Sandpit, Louis. Anyway, we're going to get over. Louis, got your, got your clues ready? Get your clues ready, Louis. We're and coming absolutely. to you if anyone needs to, needs to phone a friend. Anyway, Richie, you're up first. Morning, Richie. Morning, lads. How are we? We're good, brother. We're good. You ready to go? Rip into it, eh? Question number one. Let's go. How many times? How many times have the Warriors beat the Rabbitohs in 35 games? How many times have the Warriors beaten the Rabbitohs? I'm going to say That's 18. It <laughs> <laughs> oh. is not correct. Sorry, Richie. Have a good day, brother. Appreciate the call. Mark from Tauranga. Vava Saw. How are you, brother? <laughs> Good boys, and you? I'm very, very good, Marky. How many times have the Warriors beaten the Rabbitohs in 35 games? I have no idea. I'll take a punt at 20. Sorry, Mark. It's not 20. Sorry, brother. Have a good day, mate. We're going to go to Richie in the upper heart. Richie will know. Go the Crusaders. What do you reckon, Rich? Um, go to the Crusaders. I'll, I'll pass on that one. Um, phone a friend. Sure. Taking a phone a friend after two guesses. Interesting. Interesting. Um, okay. Today's date plus a working week. Five. Today's date. Four. 19. No. Working week. Oh, week seven days a week. Ooh. Louis. <laughs> there you go. That's, he works seven. He works seven days a week. That's a fair call from Richie. Oh, it's a trick question. Sorry, Rich. Have a good day, brother. Appreciate it, Simon. Morning. Morning, Simon. How many times the Warriors? Good, good, good. How many times the Warriors beaten the Rabbitohs? Uh, Seventeen. That's a five-day week. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's correct. 17 is correct. Question number two. What WNBA team does Liz, Liz Cambridge play for? Um, Five, four, three, LA, LA two. Sparks, probably. Yeah, LA Sparks is correct. Question number three. What was the year the Brumbies last beat the Crusaders in Super Rugby? One. Two, three, oh. four, Gee. five. 2015. 2015 is incorrect. Sorry, Simon. Have a good day, mate. Tim from Christchurch. Morning, Tim. How we going, guys? Good, good. When was the last year the Brumbies beat the Crusaders, bud? Oh, can I get five. a point of friend? You can. You can. Well, uh, the Crusaders had won the title the year before. Uh, I'll say 2008. No. It's offensive to Ali Williams. close. Very, very close. Sorry, Timmy. Have a good day, mate. We're going to go to Zaid. Zaid, morning, brother. Good morning. Um, I'm not too good on Crusaders history. Well, that's on you, Zaid. 
um, a while ago. I'll go 2004. 2004 is incorrect. Sorry, Zaid, mate. Have a great day. We're going to go to Ed from Tolaga Bay. Hey, brother. Hey, when was the last year the Brumbies beat Crusaders? Sorry, Ed. Sorry, brother. We're going to go to your cousin, Brett. Morning, Brett. Morning, brother. Shout out to Uncle Kimpy, 2015. Yeah. <laughs> <Hallelujah>. oh. <laughs> 2015 is incorrect. Incorrect. Do you know what? We've had a, we've had a moment we've had a moment in history. As he's going into the draw, as he the quizmaster's going into the draw, I've defeated the crew. <laughs> well done, Israel. You going in the crew? Oh, I just like to thank all my fan sponsors, Willamette Travel. Thank you for the opportunity to maybe head to the Gold Coast. Appreciate it. <laughs> that is quite amazing. We've just chewed through about mm. eleven people, and they didn't even mm. get the third question. Mm. 2009. Yeah, 2009. It was in their last bet, the Brumbies. And then there was a couple of doozy questions and still flexing. Because he's up and about his day's made. All right. Well done. Does that mean that you have to take Kez if you get drawn out, is he? Uh... Should we get off to air, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Shop the Chemist Warehouse Mayhem sale and find up to half price off Swiss and Go Health vitamins. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. You're listening to Baz and Dizzy for breakfast on SENZ. Uh, we're coming up to 7am this morning. We're talking a bit of rugby with Rob Nickel, a Silver Lake special GM called by New Zealand Rugby. Uh, we're going to talk about that and what that means. Can we get this deal done? Also, the prospect of a Nations Championship type event and what that would mean for the players. He's the CEO of the Players Association. What a quiz. Kez will be stoked. That's from Mark on double Izzy, that means that we need more people to play Quizzy Dag, doesn't it? We do, we do. We want to entice some new callers, some callers to come on the show and, and give us a call and take on the quiz master. You know, we stumped you today and I've gone into the draw. <laughs> might be winning and I might be taking one of you. Just a shout out to Kempi. Thoughts are with you. Hope to get you back on air soon. And I apologise to Kempi's roommates. Apparently someone's letting a bit of wind go and uh, he's hiding there, giggling away like a little kid, Kempi. Oh, you're funny. Anyway, coming up, we're going to have a chat to Rob Nickel. Rugby Players Association boss. I'm craving a McCafe about now, and I'm going to go make me a coffee really quick. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Time for a McCafe coffee catch-up. And after what it feels like years now of agonising back-and-forth rugby injection from private equity group Silver Lake in New Zealand might be finally one step away as NZR have called a special general meeting for June the 2nd to allow members to vote. On the new proposal, it's one which will New Zealand Players Association have worked with the NZR to be comfortable with, and now it's time for the provincial unions to offer their support come vote time. Rob Nicholl is CEO of New Zealand Rugby Players Association. He's on the line now. More, Rob. Hey, good morning, Izzy. How are you? I'm very well, mate. Very, very well. Thanks for joining us. Um, yeah, so June 2nd, we're finally coming to a, a situation where we're going to get the vote, mate. What's, what's your initial reaction to this, it's been a long time coming. 
Yeah, it has, but, you know, good things take time, as they say, I suppose. It's been an easy process. I think it's pretty well documented mm. that we've had our challenges, but it's been robust, and we've done the due diligence, and, you know, from our board's perspective, we think that if we're to look at this kind of pathway forward, which is what New Zealand Rugby have indicated, then we think that the proposal mm. on the table is good, so we've approved it, but... We've also um, completely respected that the provinces have to do their due diligence and the Māori Rugby Board. And, um, you know, all we're here really is the resource and, and, and answer questions as best we can and, and let them make the decisions. And, and then if it's a yes, then we're at the start line and we can really get on and make it happen together. And if it's not, then, then so be it. But, uh, you know, let's see how it pans out over the next three or four weeks. Yeah, what's your initial feel for doing June second? Um, you know, like we, we've obviously got to the situation. There's it's been years of negotiating back and forth. We've got to a scenario now. June the second, the vote's going to happen. Here, you feel it's going to be passed, and and we're going to be able to move forward. And you spoke about pathways and 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 getting getting the community rugby back up and running. What's your initial feel for for June two? June two. No, we feel pretty um, pretty confident about it, but mainly because of the thoroughness <laughs> as a result of that that process, yeah. you know. And like I said, you know, all we can do is speak from our perspective and from the past perspective. We've we've approved, we're fully on board with it. If this is the direction that New Zealand Rugby and the provincial unions want to take, you know, the New Zealand Rugby Union Board have also given their stamp of approval. But we must be respectful of the members, mate, and, and we'll be a little bit guided by them because. You know, Israel, it's kind of like a team, really. Everyone's got to be on board and everyone's got to be committed to it. And you have to respect where, where different you know, constituents are coming from or different team members are coming from. And mm. um, let's, let's let it pan out. But um, we feel that all the work that can be done has been done. I think um, most people would say that the due diligence, all the questions that can be asked have been asked and answered as best they can. And now um, now we just let them let, let the provincial unions, my rugby board, make their decision. Hey Rob, Louis here, man. I love the word you use, robust. And obviously, I think from one thing we can gather, the reason that this process has kind of maybe felt like teeth pulling at times from the outside looking in is probably because the people involved are just care so deeply about what this is going to do to the future of the sport in the country. I don't think anybody questions that from any uh, end of it. Could you just run us through it as best you can at surface level? What is different about this version of the deal that? the Players Association, you guys had a big impact on kind of changing from the first version that came across you? Yeah, look, I think um, you're right. Everyone has come from a really strong and positive place and and it's because they care deeply Mm. about the rugby and and what rugby means to this country right across the board. And I think if you look back at it, you know, good on New Zealand rugby, they looked at the the structure we're under at the moment and and, and they challenged it. And there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, you say, good, well done. Um, for challenging it mm. and through a process they've identified an opportunity and you know it took a while for everyone to get their head around it I think the first proposal that was put on the table we had some questions and issues around it and that's been pretty well documented um, when the opportunity came to re-engage with New Zealand Rugby and Silver Lake around the table and it certainly wasn't just us it was a real team effort and a very you know that the process was pretty thorough I guess we brought some questions and perspective to it that that perhaps hadn't been thought about as much. And I think in this deal that we've got now, um, you know, in most of the metrics, you're right, it's different. And we just feel, I suppose, in two to three aspects. One is we feel it's more comprehensive um, in terms of a partnership between between all the parties. You know, not only is Silver Lake getting an opportunity to, to invest at a, I suppose it's an increased valuation, um, the, the amount of net revenue we're selling moving forward has decreased significantly from 12.5% to you know, between 57 and 85 
Um, but it, it's more comprehensive in that New Zealand institutional investors and, and New Zealanders invest in those those companies. Um, we're getting the opportunity to co-invest alongside Silver Lake, so it's it's a partnership between the people in a way and Silver Lake that are investing in the game. And we always felt that if anyone deserved an opportunity to invest in the game, it was it was New Zealanders. And, whilst it's not them directly to start with and it's coming through an institutional investor network, you know, we think that's a really nice mix and it sets things up really nicely for down the track that if things are successful over the next seven, eight years and Silver Lake eventually look to exit after coming on as, as part of that partnership and building the capability and revenue in the game, then it sets up an opportunity for the for the public through an initial public offering and the likes to mm. come in and, and, and take them out and, and the ownership of the game rests with New Zealanders. And so... That was really important. And the other aspect to it was, um, you know, there's an opportunity globally to co-invest alongside Silver Lake. So we always looked at it and said, you know, we can understand why private investment are interested in partnering with a brand like the All Blacks and the legacy of rugby in New Zealand um, because we've been reasonably good at what we do. Uh, and most of the country can understand and recognise that. It's not to take it for granted moving forward, but we've got a reputation. And whoever gets to partner with the All Blacks is going to have a... A, a strong feather in the cap, if you like. And we just looked at Silver Lake and said, you're actually really, really good at what you do globally. So how do we get a piece of that? And so it was a bit of a quid pro quo. So, you know, they're setting up a, a global rugby investment vehicle and um, and Rugby New Zealand gets an opportunity to partner in that investment and be a part of the upside that that investment creates. And and that, that's investment in things that are outside of Rugby New Zealand, if you like. So it might be a rugby technology company, it might be a competition, a tournament, a team. But you guys alluded to it in the introduction, private investment is coming into the game globally. Silver Lake see that opportunity. They want to be a part of it. And the way we've structured this deal, we'll be able to be alongside of them and taking advantage of that. So you end up with more of a balance. You know, They're investing in us for what we have to offer and, and the potential they can see to help us grow not just revenue, but that all comes around fan engagement and continuing to perform on the field and community engagement and, and people continuing to want to follow the game and participate in the game. But we get to tap into their expertise. And so that comprehensive mm -hmm. nature of it is probably the biggest thing from our perspective that we really like. Plus the economics of it were spot on. You know, the valuation's gone up. We haven't had to sell as much net revenue moving forward. And the structure we've taken it up, we've, we've capped the amount of distributions because it's an interest rate for the first three year at 4%. So, so the economics of it also stack up a lot more from our perspective and I suppose you package that all up and, and our board looked and said you know what mm. this is um, this is really exciting and, and if it gets a green light we will be rolling up the sleeves and doing everything we possibly can uh, to knock it out of the park to be frank. Hey Rob you just spoke about the um, private equity firms coming on board and, and they're offering something that we probably potentially haven't seen before in sports so so what are those some of those things going forward that you potentially could see New Zealand rugby on, on a global stage, kind of with the Silver Lakes, what are some of the things they could probably help us elevate us on the world stage? Yeah, look, it's a it's a very good question because um, a lot of people might be sitting there and with some of the narrative, they're looking at what's happening and they're thinking, oh, it's all right, Silver Lakes got to come along and they're going to do everything. It's not like that at all. Mm. Um, in fact, yep. it's, it's quite the opposite. It actually puts more acid on us, rugby in New Zealand, New Zealand rugby, the players' association, the provinces, the clubs, on us to really, really, you know, lift performance. Um, so what, what they're bringing is, they're obviously bringing some capital but to be frank, you can get capital from lots of different places. Um, one of the things we think New Zealand Rugby have done well through this process is they've found a partnership in Silver Lake, or a potential partner in Silver Lake, who have got proven track record of investing in opportunities. Opportunities for them to develop 
a big return. And the attitude they take in trying to drive that return is a it's much more clarity of focus around strategy and what is required to generate that return and what's the kind of capability you need to execute on that plan. And you've heard a lot through this whole process around New Zealand rugby weren't just looking for capital, they were looking for capability. Silver Lake don't necessarily have that capability. What they have is they have the ability to come in work with Rugby New Zealand, develop the strategy and then tap into their connections and their experiences in growing other businesses and taking advantage commercially of an asset and getting a return on it and putting and helping you build the right team to do that. But it's still going to come down to us to do it. You know, they're, they're not going to come along and we can sit back in the couch. It's far from that. They'll, they'll bring expertise, they'll bring focus, they'll bring drive and experience in generating return on investment. And that asset, if you like, that, that kind of performance requirement means that we're all going to have to lift our game. And it will mean that they will open doors and introduce um, opportunities to bring people into the game to build that commercial capability and get that fan engagement and drive the commercial return. That's the kind of ethos that, that and the conversations that have been happening. So, yeah. yeah, really important for people to understand this is not like we just passed over someone else's does it. It's far from that. We've actually, in rugby New Zealand, the asset's going to be on to step up. Then I think that's exactly right, Rob, because you look at it, we are the experts at rugby and, and Silver Lake, I mean, they have to know that. They wouldn't, they would never ever try and manhandle or rip that that away. It would just make no sense. Everything you just explained makes perfect sense. What about on the global scale at the moment? Obviously, conversations going on up in Dublin with the World Rugby or different bosses around the world. Uh, another crack at hopefully getting a some sort of um, <laughs> global calendar together where we can have a Nations Championship or something to give a bit of context to World Rugby. Does that that tie in as the next evolution and is something that you see quite important? Yeah, we do. And uh, Izzy will be having a little laugh because probably when he was an 18-year-old kid coming into professional rugby, he would have heard us talking about this opportunity. Uh, <laughs> but it's been a long time coming. Uh, <laughs> a good mate of his, Conrad Smith, has been at the forefront of it from a player's perspective. But just over the last 18 months, there's been, there's been some real traction um, around this area. And the couple of things that, you know, from a player's perspective, we've got this player council, a global player council, and there's, there's probably 30 to 40 players, male and female, from around the globe. And we've been able to really tap into that group and, and identify some key principles of what a kind of competition running in that July, November window could look like. That's been put on the table with World Rugby, SANS, our Six Nations, and the Tier 2 developing nations, which is really important to me. And then when we measured up against those principles, a couple of competition model options have come out that kind of tick those boxes. The, the unions have looked at it and said, actually, that, that, that could make quite a lot of sense. And the developing nations have said, you know what, if we could pull this off, this is a great opportunity for us. You know, we've got an aspirational pathway. Um, we can come through and get into the top flight. But in the meantime, we would have no meaningful competition year out, year out that we can commercialise and that our players know we're going to get fixtures and things. So... So the, the, there's a couple of models on the table and what's been reported in the media is not too far off the mark. The, the, big, the big thing now, I think, is, is the commercials. And it's like everything in professional sport. If, if a party who has a, a few feet to write a veto or, you know, for it to come, so starting point, for it to work, everyone's got to jump on board with it because there's so many complex broadcasting arrangements, competition structures. It's quite hard just to do it unless everyone's on board with it. If one of the key parties feels that they're going to be commercially worse off, they're not going to jump onto it, right? So somehow, mm. now that we kind of have a competition that people are thinking this could be the one that works and is comprehensive, evolving all the nations, etc., 
can we drive the commercial revenues where everyone's going to be better off? So can we grow the pie in a way that everyone's going to be better off? And that's the kind of <laughs> tough conversations and the bit of work that's happening now. And to be perfectly honest, my view is that's only a matter of time before that absolutely happens. So it's whether it happens yeah. this year or next year, um, I think what we're drilling down to, lads, now is more the commercials as opposed to what's the rugby comp. Yeah. Yeah, so that, I asked that question yesterday to Louie and the crew. I said, who holds, who holds all the cards? Obviously, the Six Nations, the success, the kind of formula, the, the competition that they've got, it's been very successful. And us coming in from down under, do, do the All Blacks with, um, you know, how they're revered and renowned on the world stage, do they hold any of the cards or is it England RFU? Are they the, in the driving seat here? Um, everyone has a point of leverage. Guys, um, the players have a point of leverage. The national un- various national unions do. Even the tier two nations. People say, "Oh, tier two nations are well for the ride." Well, you know, you've got to factor in the tier two and developing nations. Even that terminology yeah. wouldn't it be great to ditch it one day? You know, like yeah, you right. For example, yeah. what's their point yeah. of leverage? You know, why why would they continue to play a World Cup unless we can give them something meaningful to be a part of outside of that tournament? And what's a World Cup yeah, if you only got the you know, top eight or ten nations? It doesn't exist. So mm. everyone has a point of leverage. Um, it's it's yep. just you know cracking this commercial nut. Um, I think mm. you know come back to your question around private equity. You've seen CBC take a strong position around Six Nations, the Premiership Rugby, the, the other rugby competitions in the Northern Hemisphere. I think part of the the thing, the changing dynamic we have now is that. The relationship between Six Nations and the clubs, because CBC's involved in both levels, has improved. Um, and particularly from a commercial perspective, I think the way that they're looking at it, because CBC's across both, seeing that actually for them to grow the game, they need the South. We know from the South, for us to grow the game and be a part of the game at the level we need to to retain talent, we need the North. And I think that's yeah. what that... It's almost like an independent lens and that commercial focus has brought is that, mm. hey, guys, um, history, all that sort of stuff, that's fine, but this is about moving forward. What's the right thing for the yeah. game? Because whatever's right for the game, the fans and the players, is ultimately going to deliver the biggest commercial return. And that's where CBC is saying, how are we going to generate a return on our investment? Well, frankly, we need the South and we need a global competition and we need a World Club champs. And we, you know, and I think there's a fair bit sort of, sort of happening here. So... That's good. People will all have different views on whether private investment into the game is a good or a bad thing, but I think one of the one of the things it does bring is a, is a much more clarity of focus of what's the right thing to do for the future, and um, yeah. Yeah, maybe that's maybe that's one of the things that is helping. Yeah. No, I love it, love it, Rob. Put your egos on the side and just do what's better for the game, the best for the game, and looking after the the nations uh, that potentially don't get the funding that they probably deserve, mate. So I appreciate your call, Rob Nickel. Always insightful as always. Take care, mate. We'll get you on shortly. Cheers, Rob. Okay. Cheers, lads. See you. Awesome. There you go, Rob Nickel, Rugby Players Association CEO, just talking about the Silver Lake deal, the changes, and uh, the money that has been invested, and then talking about the global calendar. Louis, pretty good. Bang on. I love that. I, look, there's a couple of key points um, out of there. Just parking the Silver Lake one. Going back to what we were talking about yesterday, this is happening. This nation's championship concept is happening. You can hear it. And Rob's, of course, privy to this stuff. Whether it's this year, next year, it's just down to the commercial aspect of that now. And hearing that private equity, what private equity has done between the unions and the club game, that is so promising to hear. It's about ironing out those uh, commercial aspects of it. And the important thing there 
CVC and private equity, they know they need the South. Everyone has leverage and they need us. 23 minutes past 7 o'clock. 0800 150 Do you feel comfortable with that? Are you excited about the future of international rugby? And back to Izzy's question. Closer to home. Are you worried about the Bledisloe? Because this is good for Australia too. South Africa, Argentina, it's not just us. Are they going to keep going strength to strength? Give us a call. We'll get to your messages on double eight double three and your calls on 0800 150 811 after this. Here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. CNZ, we're 26 minutes away from 8 o'clock. Rob Nichols, CEO of the Players Association, has just joined the show. You can go and catch up with his discussion on all things Silver Lake. And, of course, what is happening up north? With this global competition on the precipice of happening again involving all of the nations, uh, Izzy asked a brilliant question. Who is actually holding the car keys here? And Rob said it's kind of everyone. Um, Everyone has a point of leverage. Guys, um, the players have a point of leverage. The national un- various national unions do. Even the tier two nations. People say, "Oh, tier two nations are well for the ride." Well, you know, you've got to factor in the tier two and developing nations. See, even that terminology yeah. wouldn't it be great to ditch it one day? There you go. I love it. And everyone, he's right. Is he? Everyone's got leverage here, mm. and um, I think this is happening. That's kind of what what I what I heard. Hey, what did you make of Steve's call from Auckland there, just about what needs to love happen that. in New Zealand rugby? Just right on the money, bang on the money. I spoke. I think I spoke about last year about clubs um, struggling because a lot of the players that have been identified earlier just going straight from from school straight into academies and kind of skipping skipping the club scene and, and like that real connection be- between clubs and schools is kind of vanished. You know, it's not really there at the moment. So this is an opportunity for this private equity firm to come in. They've obviously brought in the money. And we don't want to just give the money to the clubs and just say, here you go, here's some money and go out and spend it. It's all about the pathways. And Kempi, you know, he alludes to it every week and talks about the pathways with league and and actually having, uh, you know, a real purposeful, meaningful pathway and set up and system that is going to allow these kids. So, that, yeah, we really need to go back and get those clubs and schools connected. How that works, I'm unsure. Um, maybe, you know, these clubs having development officers that, that have real uh, good programs going. They go to the schools, they get out, they, they offer these opportunities for kids, but not only just offer them opportunities in, in clubs, but they have them opportunities to go out and get a trade. So there's a lot of things that they potentially could do going forward. And, um, no, you hit the money on the head right there, the nail on the head right there, I, I feel, is cool. Yeah, and look, this this trend towards college sport, it's very American. Um, there are a lot of benefits mm. towards it. Look, uh, keeping kids in school because of sport, it's, it's great. But this text here, it, like, it's kind of exactly what we're talking about. Louis, you'll know how important what school you go to in Christchurch is to us. Yes, you're very passionate about it down there. The problem is I see the disconnect between the schools and the clubs, exactly what Stephen is here saying. High school old boys traditionally got 85 to 90% of the boys' high levers. Now we would get probably 10 to 15 and look mm. a lot of that is the onus the pressure and the kind of um, hype that's put on schoolboy rugby itself taking that away from the club rugby scene but the days of being a one club man like you know <laughs> you know Jason Rutledge and playing 300 or 250 games for your club <laughs> cabbage Woodlands yeah like mm. it probably that the, the days are numbered and it is a shame um is it your question around Will the bl- Wallabies be taking the blitters off us? I, I don't think people are that worried. <laughs> nah, bro. <laughs> nah. Nah, bro. <laughs>
They're not worried. They're not worried. That's fair enough. They're fair enough. But, mate, it's a great conversation, this club situation, and I'd love to hear a perspective on maybe someone at, at the school or, you know, someone that is in the club scene. That's what we'll do over the next uh, day. We'll go out and, and get, like, kind of their thoughts on it because we're just speculating here and it's hard for us from the outside looking in. But if anyone's a part of the club's set-up and recruiting – Give us a call, 0800 150 We've got Richie on the line, and he wants to talk Silver Lakes and school rugby. Morning, Richie. Morning, lads. How are we? Yeah, good, man. Yeah, good, thank you. Good, hey, um, what do you got for us, bud? Mate, I was part of a club down in Christchurch before I moved up to Wellington, and we struggled to get players um, because kids coming from high school are going straight to these bigger clubs like your old boys and your Maris that, that have got the yeah. reputation and, and, the, and the producing the players um, to go up to all backs levels, we we lost our RDO because we couldn't afford to have an RDO, um, a rugby development officer, to go around um, and, and and teach at these at schools and and recruit for us. And look, at it, I, I think if if the Civil Lake deal does go ahead, I think that's where we need to look at is mm. instead of having one RDO for a um, per club, maybe maybe have a have an uh, an RDO for each region that. Hey, look, you know, this is where I think you should go. I think this, this, you know, these clubs are, are struggling for numbers, and you're going to get the game time to develop, mm. and, and and get the audio down and 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 going through. Um, yeah, it's, it's something that I think, and and you could also take that towards the league as well. It's yeah, I think club rugby is struggling, and and we're losing numbers. A lot of young kids are going straight over overseas to America, and um, I used to work with a guy, Brad Tucker, who. Didn't get an opportunity. Played for Manawatu two and Waikato yeah. a couple of times, but now he's he's, he's playing very well over in um, Major League Rugby over in the US. So, mm. yeah. No, no. Here at Richie, and look, I lo- uh, that's that was my next question. Okay, well, what does Silver Lake do? What do we do with the investment? And I like what you're saying. What about rugby development offices for the region rather than for the clubs? And can you actually make a framework so we've actually got them all working together? We can invest maybe let's say five, ten rugby development offices for a region. And they're all pushing and rowing in the same direction. Seats on the bus and are not confused. Love it. If you've got any other suggestions like that, what can Silver Lake do to remedy that schoolboy to club scene? 0800 150 After this, we're going to talk to Owen Good about FIFA, the video game. Not with EA Sports anymore. What does this mean for gamers? Changing pace a little bit after this with Owen Good out of Polygram. We're going from reality to... Uh, well, I guess it is reality. We've, Virtual. <laughs> we've all played it. FIFA. It's one of the absolute best uh, gaming. It's one of the best games to play. It has been for a long time. They've done a superb job of it uh, throughout the years, or have they? Owen Good is a writer for uh, Polygon, a great gaming site. You can go check out all his work. He's joined us before. It's great to have you back, Owen. How you doing, man? I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me back on the phone. Good morning. Hey, break this down for me. FIFA. I mean, it's so popular. EA Sports. Firstly, they've divorced. But was it actually a good game, or are we are we wrong? No, I think it is a good game. I mean, it's it's obviously it's a completely different game uh, from what it was when it started. I mean, now thirty years ago under the FIFA brand. Um, it's what they call a live service game. It's It's got persistent content and updates and all of those buzzy tones. Uh, but it's a very huge scope, and it's it's so far beyond 
just I'm going to play as my favorite team through a full season, you know, obviously there's mm-hmm. ultimate team. I'm sure that your listeners are familiar with that. And it's an enormous moneymaker for electronic arts. And I, I think what's going on here is the, the field has shifted and FIFA is may they may have an outdated view of the worth of their brand and license um something that's based maybe 20 years ago as opposed to today where you know most of the video gaming public has moved on and don't really need their imprimatur except for things like the world cup of course which i'm sure we'll get into so what's this come down to do you think it's a a case of of money that that uh, fifa weren't getting their fair share of the the pie, or, or do you reckon that they've been fielded a, another offer for potential gaming uh, creators out there, like a 2K or someone like that? Is, is that the kind of line that they're going down? What, what I understand about it is FIFA, I think, viewed its exclusive license with Electronic Arts as somewhat mm. limited, and they wanted more products, more video gaming products to be made. Mm. And whether that was, well, whether that was, we want you to make more things and we want you to do it in this way or this way or this way. And EA said, no thanks, we're good with PC, mobile, consoles. Or uh, FIFA said, all right, fine, we want to have a non-exclusive license with you and then give this out to other people. And Electronic Arts said, "Great, we won't pay the freight for that." Um, it, I don't know, but but the the real thing that happened here is FIFA had a lot less leverage with Electronic Arts than it thought it did. Uh, you know, these things are just FIFA is a world organizing body as opposed to a league like here in the states, the National Football League or the English Premier League, which is something that has an exclusive contract with electronic arts all on its own for this video game. So really what EA was getting out of this, I mean, there was the World Cup branding and the Women's World Cup branding, and I understand that's going to be held in Australia and New Zealand next year, right? Um, but uh, it, it, outside of that big uh, presentational and content element that only happens once every four years, um, they really weren't getting much out of it except having that name on the box and the legitimacy that it conferred. Yeah, it makes sense, though. I appreciate you breaking that down for us. The the question punters will want to know, is the product going to get better? Who picks it up, and can the product itself actually get better? Can this be a good thing for gamers? Obviously, Electronic Arts is positioning itself as, you know, we're doing the best thing we can for gamers, and take that with a grain of salt. Of course they're going to say that. Um, I think that EA continues with the status quo and that the game that they have published under the FIFA name for the past 30 years, and especially you know what people are familiar with over the past five years, people can expect that to continue because most of that realism, most of that familiarity and fun and you know real football players and real football teams, that's built on licenses that have nothing to do with FIFA. Um, but, uh, it, you know, FIFA, you will see the organization, uh, it will, it is saying that it is going to, you know, partner with others to create new 
as they call it, simulation video games, which would be the fully featured mm. video games with all of the modes that you expect. Who they're going to do that with, I don't really know. The only competitor nominally is Konami, and they are having enormous problems with their franchise. It's the former Pro Evolution Soccer that's now called eFootball, yeah. and they have had a disaster. Mm. They have had a disastrous launch, and they're really trying to maintenance it and get it back together. And in my opinion, the problem is Konami, the publisher doesn't really have any faith in this video game or really any video game it makes. They're trying to get into other things like gambling and pachinko. So if mm -hmm. FIFA thinks they're just going to go over to Pro Evolution Soccer and they have a kit that's ready to run and they can just put FIFA branding on something that is a fully featured console video game, they may have another thing coming. Mm. Mm. No, it's interesting. Interesting what's going to happen. Maybe... Yeah, you're right. I've played that game. It's very realistic, and uh, FIFA EA Sports is probably the the biggest uh, sport game on the on our consoles at the moment. We're going to let you go. Oh, and good, mate. We appreciate you coming on the show and uh, sharing that information for our listeners that are gamers. I'm a gamer, and I it's going to be a big loss if we lose the game of football, mate. We really appreciate you. You won't be losing the game of football. It'll still be there, and just be <laughs> under a different management. But thank you very All much. All I hope. All I hope is they don't lose a license and we've got the players and their faces there, but they're, they're called a different name or they're spelt it differently. It's a shambles when, when gaming creators do that. Anyway, thank you so much, Owen. Appreciate it. You're very welcome. There he is. There he is. We'll come back shortly. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on ECNZ. Shop the Chemist Warehouse Mayhem Sale and find up to half price off Maybelline and L'Oreal Cosmetics. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. You're listening to Baz and Dizzy for breakfast on SENZ. At 8am this morning after 8, oh, it's New Zealand Music Month, Izzy, and we've got an absolute doozy for today. Peter Ulrich, uh, a very Ulrich, 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 very, very exciting uh, legend of New Zealand music, and he is in studio, ready to go. A couple ready of... Go. <laughs> you can hear him, he's fizzing, he's absolutely fizzing for it, Izzy, <laughs> so uh, a big hour to come, including our Pacing for Purpose and Greyhound charity run, so excited to get into that, and um, the Texas have been flying on the state of rugby. They have. They have. Pretty crucial for the strategy. I want to welcome Peter into the studio. Looking forward to the next half an hour with you, mate. And we're going to rip into some sport and get your take. Kempi's in hospital, so he's gutted he's not here to that. have a wee chat with you. I know, mate. I know. ACL. The big man's down. The big man is Fulty down. Knees. We never thought we'd see the day. No. His knees. <laughs> Who's coming off the bench? I think he's got a... Who's coming off the bench? You. A... Yeah, I'm off the bench. <laughs> you, mate. Yeah, impact You're in the player. driver's seat. <laughs> I think it might be a case of, of gout. I oh, think it might yeah. Be a bit of case of it's gout, red wine. It? <laughs> Too much yeah. red wine. He's listening now. <laughs> he's laughing. Hey. He's, Kempe, he's he's like, he's like, We're going to go you? get a McCafe, Peter. We're going to be back shortly. Here's Aroha with the news for Kipota. Together, we're shaping. Shop the Chemist Warehouse Mayhem Sale and find up to half price of Halthery's and Nature's Way Vitamins. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ.
morning. Baz and Lizzie for breakfast. SCNZ. Louis Herman Watt in the house. We got Peter Ehrlich. Peter Ehrlich is in the house. Dudes, champion, legend of New Zealand music, and it is New Zealand Music Month. So stay tuned. We're going to have a chat to him shortly. But just before then, I want to remind you to go back to uh, the SCNZ app. Head over to Baz and Izzy for breakfast and listen to Rob Nickel. We spoke to Rob Nickel earlier earlier on in the 7 o'clock hour. We spoke about the updated details on the Silver Lake deal going forward, the global calendar, where everything sits. You want to have a listen. It's very insightful. He gives you all the information and really leads you in the direction of where they are at come June 2nd when they vote on the Silver Lake deal. So head over to Baz and Izzy's or breakfast podcast on anything wherever you get your podcast. It's all, definitely on our app, so make sure you you do that. But before then, before then, it is a big hour ahead of us. Oh, I'm super excited for this. I know you all are. Yeah, 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 yeah. Drink yourself more, bless. Forget about the last one. Oh. New Zealand. Get about the last one. Good morning, Israel. Morning, Peter. Thank you for joining us. Pleasure. Oh. You know what the New Zealand crowds do now? The youngsters have taken to, they, they say something a little bit outrageous. They yell it out in, in that chorus. I can't repeat what they say, but... Did they not used to do that? <laughs> no. That started about, I don't know, 10 years ago, and now that's just de, de rigueur. Peter, you know, Izzy had this big wind-up for you, your whole rap sheet, but you're so excited to be back live. There's nothing like live, is that right? No, nothing like radio. You guys, um, you know, you're living the dream. <laughs> oh, we appreciate you coming on, Peter. I know you're a busy man, but uh, special month, and we had yes. Billy Raleigh on last week, King Capisi. Oh, yes. That was awesome. Great man, great man. What, mm, what a human awesome, being he so. is. He, he loves the old uh, hoops, doesn't he? Mm. Yeah, he's a basketball fanatic, yeah. and uh, he's awesome. He's he's doing some great things in the community, mate. But let's talk about you. How you been? I've been very well. Um, Louis just asked me, um, you know, had uh, are my knees okay? And, <laughs> um, the, anybody who's played any sport is, um, you know, the knees the knees have gone. If, I was saying, if we were a car, mm. if humans were a car, we'd be recalled. There's yeah. there, there's a fault yeah, there. I'm, I'm, yours, yours, how are yours, mate? And do you oh, get a little bit of arthritis? Do you get a bit of arthritis on a cold day? Oh, you can't. Yes, you can hardly it's stand freezing out. Of <laughs> <laughs> my knees are bad. I've got two screws in my left foot. My right knee, I've got arthritis. I've got bone on bone, so I've got no cartilage. 
It's horrible what we do, isn't it? It's yeah. horrible what we do for our, for our people. And then when you see those big hits, I always think, well, boy, <laughs> in about 20 years, that guy is going to be uh, <laughs> hobbling along. <laughs> oh, I was wondering, um, obviously, Peter, you're... In your heyday, which is pretty much today, but the, the, the first, the first heyday, <laughs> so kind. The first heyday, it was you know you would have been what a teenager really coming out of Sacred Heart, twenty year, and and you guys were known because you had a bit of spunk about you. You mm. would have been moving pretty vigorously on stage, very vigorously. Any stage injuries with the dudes? Uh, no, you know, um, Dave fell fell off a stage and and really hurt himself. He fell about eight foot into an orchestra pit. Oh. Yeah, that was shocking. Oh. Yeah, and then also the other thing you've got to worry about is if there's any moisture in the air, like a little bit of rain, that's why normally the, the, the show can't go on because electric guitar, rain and microphone, a massive fatal shock. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so... Um, mm. uh, uh, but um, I had a lot of um, blisters from my tambourine. Well, that's, you know, you've, yeah. you've probably you've yeah. probably you've probably come out okay. <laughs> Still got then. a couple of them. See, yeah, yeah. no, so lucky, lucky. Hey, mate, uh, Pete, tell us what it's like. Uh, we watch a lot of movies, and we always want to be a rock star, you know, because it looks like the life you're living. You're out there, you're playing to all these crowds. Oh, man. You're having an absolute ball, ball off yeah. the off the stage. Tell us, what's it like to be a rock star? Well, I guess it's kind of very similar to what it's like to be an all-black. Is he is um, <laughs> you? Uh, you're you're kind of in a gang, you know. Your band is a gang, and if your gang's really yeah. famous and really loved, <laughs> then you are you are you know you you are in a rarefied place because you, when you walk out onto stage, like when you run mm. out of the tunnel. You know, you remember, that I'm, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it now, you know, and that roar goes up and, and you think, yeah. holy shit, th- these people are here for us <laughs> and we, yeah. we've got to turn it up. And so you're, um, you know, you're a bit, you're a bit, you know, you're, your heart's pounding, your adrenaline's rushing through you um, and, mm. and, and, and then you've got that huge sound, you know, so, so like when um, Ian or Dave would, Give that first um, yeah, strum uh, yeah, uh, of the Fender Stratocaster going through the Marshall amps and it's going out through 150,000 watts into the... And, oh. boy, that's it. That's, that's the ref's whistle and it's all on. For the next hour and a half, it's full on. And then at the end of it, you're drenched in sweat and you yeah. think, uh, hopefully we've done the business... And then, um, then it's all over, and you're and you're um, after you know you have to go off stage and then and you know drink yourself stupid. <laughs> yeah, so it's very very similar to the All Blacks. So don't ask me what happens on the field. I want to know what happens <laughs> off the field. So talk to me about when you get off that stage. <laughs> well, you know, people used to say to me, "Now, why, why was it that you, you know, you know, started a band? Was was it because of your love of music and you know, your the fact that you were a big music fan?" And we go, "No, it was just to get girls, you know." And basically, that's the that's the ninety percent. Answer. Well, you you look. You were a good-looking crop of um, youngsters, and obviously you're great mates as well. And you guys, I you were inducted in in, in 2019, I think, into yep. the New Zealand Music Hall of Fame. And being able to reflect mm. on everything. Then the one thing I noticed is the kinship you still had with the guys 
um, that you were with there. Were they, like, oh yeah, well, you know, and as as Israel would would testify, that's once you've been um, not not in the trenches. I don't want to use that, but once you've been on stage or on field, or you know, you're mm. glued forever. Mm. Because sometimes it can be really scary out there. You know, when maybe think when things aren't going right, and you've got to pull together. All of a yeah. sudden, you look around and you say, you know, the, maybe the drummer's missed something, and then, and then you've got to, you know, you've got to, um, you know, pull your act together and get. And so, when you, when you're in those moments of live, it's live action. Uh, you you become you know comrades, and uh, so you know we'll be mates forever. And you know, hopefully, can, can we'll you tell us about those? Sorry, sorry, Pete, I was yeah. just jumping in there, but I was just touching on that because there's so many similarities between a band and, and sport, mm. uh, and we're a sports show and, and we want to talk about our experiences, but can you tell us about your experiences and your kind of, I hate saying the word, but learnings from, from being in the band and being a sports uh, you know, uh, musician that, that can resonate with, with you know, normal pundits out there that are in business or in sport, like some of your biggest things that you've had to learn over the years and learn quick? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I, I suppose um, one thing you people don't realise, but you know the dudes uh, as, as 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 loved as they are now, uh, two years. We only did. We were mm. together for two years. Two that's, albums, right? That's it. Wow. Seventy-eight to eighty. Yeah. And we and 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 you know uh, so one of the things I learned is that when you're enjoying something like that and maybe a playing career is the same as he is that um, mm. it, it, you don't know how long it's going to last and so um, you know you got to enjoy every second of it and 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 you know maybe when you when you're 19 20 21 you don't really appreciate that sort of stuff you think this is going to go on forever. But it doesn't, mm. and so um, that's one thing I've learned that um, it was a it was a magical, magical time, um, and you know we, um, we we seem to have left a, a bit of a legacy that I'm very proud of and very very grateful for. I'm very grateful for um, those times as a kid from Pamua, who I had no aspirations really when I grew up. I didn't think, oh, I want to, you know, I want to do this or want to do that. I was just bumbling along. Mm. You know, went to school at Sacred Heart College, um, loved my sport and loved my music. So I had this duality of mu- sport and music. So half for the, for half of um, lunchtime, I'd be down on the rugby fields and we'd be playing touch, and then then I'd rush up and go to the music rooms and and run in with the boys and you know and sing a Beatles song with them. Um, with all these guys, and so you got this time where you know, just magic time, um, mm. and and now we just look back and talk about history. Yeah, well, but it's a very important part of history, especially. I look, you look at a lot of the current day um, or rockers. I mean, they. You're only two years. It's crazy to think. Crazy, that, it's eh? crazy that you put out that amount of kind of culture in two years. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven or double eight double three. Um, I'm absolutely certain Peter will be happy to take your calls and texts. See any questions about what went on? Is there mm. a point in your career that probably doesn't? Because you traverse so many decades and genres. Really, is there a point in your career that people don't necessarily ask a lot about that you're really proud of? A uh, prison. You know that was tough. You know. <laughs> No, um, uh, um, 
I can't think so, no. I, I mean, what I needed to do was keep moving on. So when the band broke up, I, I skipped overseas yeah. very quickly and I wanted to see where the music was coming from in the UK, which were, we were big, you know, UK music fans. And, and all through that um, uh, live music stuff, I was also into funky music, mm. and like, which was called almost disco in those days. And when I went over and I got a job uh, roadieing for a band called The Cure, who were just starting. Ooh. Yeah, and they took me under their wing. Name drop. Yeah, your name drop. Mike <laughs> drop. And, um, and they introduced me to a whole new genre of music, which was new wave. And then I came back and started the, the nightclubs and dance clubs and bars and got into being a DJ. So that was, that was 1981, and I've, I've DJed ever since. And I, I, love, I love dance floors as well. And, you know, I know Israel's a great dancer. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No, 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 no. That's, what, that's why I'm not in this. That's why I'm not in the studio with you, Peter. I'll be dancing yeah, right next to you, and I'll be making you perform if I was there. Yeah. I tell you, you wouldn't be just sitting there. You'd be up and about, um, put on the show. So people often say to me, "Oh, what's what's it like? Uh, is it better being coming out with a band and playing live, or is it, uh, you know, uh, uh, you can have ten thousand people in a, on a in a big dance festival, you know, like Rhythm and Vines and stuff like that? And what's and they're both they're both equally fabulous." Um, um, you know, so it's I've been very lucky to do that, and I and I'm still doing the the nice and Ehrlich stuff, and we've been going 25 years now. That's that's a DJ thing I do with Bevan Keys, and and uh, we've made a lot of people happy over those years. You've um, I've got what was that, Israel? You what's that, Izzy? So I was going to say I've got some Serato. Uh, oh yeah, Serato, well, there you go, uh, vinyls. I've got some, some Serato vinyls that I need a little listen. Uh, sure, wow. it's Come it's down not to Christchurch, mate. It's it's not <laughs> it's not difficult as well to be pl- I'll be pleased to show you. And then you know what? Once you start being a DJ, then. You become very popular. Well, yeah. yeah. Not that you've ever struggled with that, <laughs> no, but, but, but like you're right, there is a real allure about a DJ. A disc jockey has something. Everybody's a DJ now. But back in the day, it was it was very you know select few, but now there's like everybody's doing it because the machine will do it for you. We want to know. We want to know about your your love for sport and um, one team in particular, one sport in particular. Oh, in, the, promised, in, oh. in, in lieu of in oh, lieu of Tony yeah. Kemp today. <laughs> Kempe was too scared to come on. And t- <laughs> That's right, he was. But um, you've had a, like, a long association with the sport of rugby league and uh, we do have a team we love. And we just love. We love the Warriors and we're passionate about them. We'll ask you about them in a bit. 0800 150 If you've got a question or you want to say g'day to Peter, give us a call right now. Any questions about his career or his love for sport or music or the arts, come through. We'd love to hear from you. It's 18 minutes past eight. We'll be back in a minute. Here we are with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Look at his, he's starting to look, look at him starting to bop, look. Oh, he's, he's, he's out of his chair. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. What, what do we got going on here, Peter? Oh, this is, um, that's dance music, that's house music, and that's nice Lulich. That's the DJ thing I was. So I just thought I'd throw in a little bit of that as well because, you know, I love to rock and I love to dance and it's all music and it's all fun. It's is, great. Is it true you wrote the Warriors a song back in the uh, early part of the century? Yes, um... It's the victory song, and they don't sing it that often, do they? <laughs> and sometimes I have to send them the words again. Oh, I know, it's sad, isn't it, Israel? <laughs> Not like the ABs. Yeah, the ABs are... Oh. 
Israel, did you did did the ABs have a victory chant in the sheds? No. Ah, they they do. They do. Oh, is that is that a little bit under the song they? Oh no no, it's 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 a song um, that they've written. That they they sing every single time that they win, and oh. uh, yeah, that's quite often. Um, okay. But the old one we don't. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll give you a call off the air. Okay, yeah, it's, it's something <laughs> pretty See, special. Uh, that's a, uh, but I'm very proud of I'm very unique. proud of um you know putting that uh, that song together, and that mm. was in the infamous days when Mick Watson was the CEO, and, and he was a, a, a you know an Aussie guy that said he wanted to do different stuff, and he said we don't have a victory song, so. Can you write something? And then about a few years later, I did the Kiwis one as well. So in, in, whenever I get a chance, I'm in, I'm in the sheds with them and, and leading that song. That is a very, very special moment for me. So you'll be, you'll be back here oh, um, on, on when, they, when they return to Mount Smart? You'll be down there? Oh, yeah. Yes. So you're tragic, is it? Just, I am a tragic. Yeah, we'll get it out of the way. You're a tragic. No, I am a tragic. And my, as my wife and kids will testify... You know, they. My wife's going re, just relax, you know, because I've had a heart attack back <laughs> in the day. And seriously, yeah. I get very, I, you know, I, I don't know why, but I just get so. I take it so personally, and I'm screaming at the TV, and I'm, you know, don't, no, no, kick it, pass it, no, don't pass it, kick it, mm. you know, and. <laughs> Well, Pete, we don't want to look back. We always look yeah, forward. forward. We look yes, forward yes. to the Rabbitohs. Yes. We look forward to the Rabbitohs. They've got a chance to go redeem themselves. What are you? What are you hoping to see, mate? What are the areas you would like to see improved? Wow, we haven't got that long, have we? But um, <laughs> if you have to stay, you have to stay. If that's well, what it takes. Tohu coming back is is huge. Yeah, big. I hope it's not mm. early. Because if we lose him again, that, that we'll lose him for the whole season if yeah. he does his knee again. Tohu coming back is the key because he's a colossus in that pack. And when you look at that pack, okay, so you've got Adam for Noah Blake, who's, you know, he's, he's amazing, but it doesn't have the mana that Tohu has. So I think, mm. um, I think that this is going to be one of the most watched games of the season because people think, well, where do the Warriors go from here? They've, yeah. they've plumbed the depths, 70 points from Storm, and I can hardly say it. I'm not going to even, you know, the, the, the <laughs> Sharks. Don't bring it up. We look forward, though. We, forward. Go, we got to look forward. And so I don't know what it is about that team, whether it's concentration, whether it's enthusiasm. But if you take those players out of the Warriors' jersey and put them into another team, well, Israel, like, they would all, mm. you know, we've seen it before. Look at Peter Hiku now. He's a key yeah. member of the, of, yeah, we, the, of the Cowboys in their third. Peter? We don't want to talk this into existence with Cody Nikorima. We don't oh. want to talk. We do, we do <laughs> yeah, no. Cody will play the game of his life against us. And probably, <laughs> oh, no. Mungle. You've done it. We've got Peter Ehrlich in studio with us. New Zealand Music it's Month. We're stop catching me now. Up. We're, we're, no, we're catching up with some legends of the New Zealand music scene. Uh, Bruce. He's in Christchurch. He's come through on oh, the Ken no. phone um, line. Bruce, guys, do you Guys ha- call Bruce in Christchurch. I don't want to talk to them. Honestly, they're... <laughs> ah, too bad he's here. Bruce, you've got a question for you Peter. Peter, I've followed your, uh, your path and your history and your amazing... Um, oh, mate, I've just got a couple of things. It's amazing and it's, uh, it's hugely um, honour to talk to you. I grew up playing the piano when I was a young boy in Picton. Hmm? Um, 
with a guy called Paul Ellis, believe it ah, or not. Paulie. And, and um, yes, he's, and what he's done as well. I'm not sure where, what he's doing now. But, hey, just a thing. It's, can I just say... Say what you want. If you learn how to, if you learn how to play uh, an instrument, or many like yourself, how important it is to don't let it go, don't forget about it. Because it's one of those rare and blessed natural talents. The people that take two instruments, and and I'm beginning to get back into my piano because I played it for oh, eight years and did all that sort of stuff, and and then you went on to different things in mm. life. But well, Bruce, um, all, all I can say is that you know you've you've done the hard work. You've done. You've gone through your grades. Now just. Remember that you know being being actually being able to play an instrument is, is a bit of a gift anyway, and so I just mm. totally totally encourage you to get back on the horse and you know do the mm. hard work a little bit. You'll be rusty, uh, but as soon as as soon as you start putting a little song together, and 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 get a melody going and then get that flow going, uh, I'm sure mm. you're going to get hooked onto it. Bruce, appreciate the call. Uh, great to hear from you. If anyone's got a, a question for Pete, look, we have to go to the news with Aroha, but look, I've got this burning question. Have you ever fallen out of love with music at any stage? And kind of where Bruce was going, and I always love um, talking to musicians about kind of their different, you know, yeah. different passion phases. for what the, yeah, phases. So please stay right there. Let's go to the news with Aroha, and um, you might want to just hang with us and talk some sport for the rest of the hour if you're into it. No problem, love to. Okay, you're in lieu of Kempi. We'll call you Kempi now. Yep. Tough past eight <laughs> this morning. Here is Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. You can come through on double eight double three oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Busy for breakfast, SENZ. What an iconic track. It is 27 minutes away from. I'm walking in like. Joined by the great man Peter Ehrlich this morning. Uh, he's going to stick with us. He's going to ride shotgun. What a shotgun. lot of fun this show is. Well, we're missing Kempi today. <laughs> yeah. Pete. So you're going to be Kempi for the last half hour of the show. We're going to talk sport. You good with that? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Well, one thing we do every day is as we catch up with the party. Do you reckon the party would do have a sing off? Oh, yeah, I reckon. We'll get him on. Paulie. Who is he? Paul Moati, the party. Bought, I hope you've bought some, something with you, Paulie, because <laughs> if you haven't, well, this is going to be embarrassing. Paulie Moati. What have I walked into? <laughs> <laughs> to is he tall? He's tall and handsome. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm made for radio. Yeah. Paulie, you've you've been talked up a hell of a lot here. Don't worry, you don't have to sing us a song. But um, just explaining to Pete every day, we get a tab.co.nz update. We look at what's going on. You usually like to throw some NRL out there. It's a it's a sport that Peter's a, a big fan of rugby league. Do you have something for us that we can dissect? Yeah, well, before we get to the rugby league, I thought we'd have a look at the uh, meeting at Whanganui today Ooh, because yes. we've got a bonus back promotion on races one and two oh. at Whanganui today. Um, and I've just had a look at the markets there. Race one, the Ken Duncan Racing Steeplechase over uh, 
3,800 metres, and the top of the market is dominated, not surprisingly, by Kevin Myers, runners, the favourite. Number six, he's Rick, currently $1.90. Uh, and the second favourite also uh, out of the Kevin Myers stable, number seven, Lockerburn, at $3.60. But we've taken action on a Johnny Wheeler runner. Chief Sequoia was six fifty, now into four fifty. I can tell you we took a four hundred dollar bet on Chief Sequoia at six fifty and a three hundred dollar bet on Chief Sequoia at five fifty. Now into four fifty. That's the one they've come for was it in easy? race one. Race two, uh, it's, no comment. It's almost <laughs> race two. Uh, once again, Kevin Myers at the top of the market with number three Mazina, two dollars and ten cents. Uh, but the one that they've uh, decided to throw their cash on, another Kevin Myers runner, number two Bo Jest, four twenty into three twenty. That is the best backed in race two. So bonus back uh, promotion on races one and two at Wanganui today, and I've tried to steer in to a winner or two, hopefully. Oh, you're too good to us, Paulie. Do you, um, just for everybody's awareness, are the Warriors taking any more cash now, this time of the week, or is it still pretty slow? It's, uh, well, the early money was on the bunnies, um, and I guess after the performance that the Warriors put on last mm. weekend uh, against the oh. Cronulla Sharks, the 12-man Cronulla Sharks, oh, uh, and <laughs> they, uh, you can understand Ford. the sort of looking the, forward, the, the lack, Paul. the lack of confidence. Um, but there has been a trickle of money this morning. There's still two dollars and ninety-five cents. <laughs> <laughs> That's the kids' school <laughs> money. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, I put my money where my mouth is. Sorry, dinner. kids. School's not important. <laughs> oh. So yeah, there's still two ninety-five. The Warriors, the Bunnies, a dollar thirty-eight. Um, they're still very, very well supported, the Bunnies, in that head-to-head market. And in the winning team in uh, margin uh, market, the best back selection there is the Bunnies to win by 12 and under at $3. Of course, we've got a bonus back promotion on all NRL games this weekend uh, and also same game claims on all NRL games this weekend as well. I appreciate it, Paul. TAB.co.nz is where you can get all of those markets Paul is mentioning. Uh, of course, RT and Gamble responsibly. Do you have a wager from time to time, Peter? Is it something you're You know doing? what? No. No, you're not? not. No. Uh, I'm, I was brought up at the racetrack. My mum and uh, the whanau used to spend a lot of time at the races, but uh, I was, you know, I've never been a betting guy. And it, if I bet on a team, that's the death knell mm. for them. So. Oh, right. Yeah, no. mm. Well, is he? Um, Bill like me, mate. Venn, yes. di- Venn yeah. diagram. Is I know how to stop horses. <laughs> <laughs> it's, do you know what? Is he, Dag? Uh, Pete Hurlich. So you've got that uh, that Fender Stratocaster going out through the Marshall Lamp. That kind of that's one thing in common. As you're walking out through the tunnel, the other thing is you could stop anything you back. So um, you guys mm. are in a very exclusive club. HRNZ.co.nz. Our pacing for purpose tip today. Look, we're very passionate about this. With Child Cancer Foundation, we've so far got a tick over $400 in the kitty. We're looking at Addington tomorrow night. I want to send you to race two, number six, Harold Smith. Encouraging run last start for fifth. And look, from a decent enough draw with a bit of luck, can go very well this time. For, for Child Cancer Foundation, thanks to Harness Racing New Zealand, we'll have $50 on race two, number six, Harold Smith. We'll go on our Greyhound charity run after this. Mm. We'll also go around the grounds. And we might put Izzy versus Pete against each other. 
Maybe a lunch. Mm. Maybe a lunch. Oh, yeah, that sounds a great idea. 22 minutes away from nine. Back with Around the Grounds. Thanks to Rainbird after this. Chemist Warehouse Mayhem Sale and find up to half price of Healthories and Nature's Way vitamins. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. You're listening to Baz and Dizzy for breakfast on SENZ. SENZ, we are coming up to 17 minutes away from 9 o'clock this morning. Tony Kemp, Kempy's unfortunately laid out in hospital. His knee has been acting up. Izzy is down there in Christchurch. And joining us for the last hour of the show today is, no, it is Pete Ehrlich. And, wow, what a great time to have a third person because... Around the Grounds with Rainbird, the intelligent use of water. You don't, you don't miss that voice, do you? No, Pete? fantastic. Who is it? Lady Six. Uh, yeah. <laughs> She's so cool. Isn't she? She is cool. So around the grounds, we've got a bunch of sport happening this week. And let's start with the NRL, lads, and you can split some games for us. Play along Magic round. at home. Magic round. Fantastic concept. They oh, say it might mm. even come to New Zealand one day. Would you go? Yes. Oh, hell yeah. Fantastic day. Mm. You reckon they'd turn up in droves? I reckon they would, d- depending what ground it is. Where would you have it, Izzy? Yeah, where would you have it, Izzy? Oh. Got to be Eden Park, really, yeah. eh? You've got to go to Eden Park or Mount Smart. You, like, you got to yeah. go. Yeah. You, what, what's the what's not, capacity not at Mount Smart? 26,000. Nah, 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 not Cato. 26,000 Mount yeah. Smart? I think that's that's well, but we yeah. get 50,000. At uh, Eden Park. Well, yeah. it'll be who pays Reckon. for it. Maybe, maybe mm. look, Dunedin Council mm. will say, here's, here's 100k, bring it down to the, the tin. Too cold. Christchurch? What about Christchurch, Pete? You yeah. Well, in the cathedral. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, let's go. <laughs> no, we're down here. You, you the, the big game is, of course, uh, the uh, um, grand final replay, Storm versus Penrith, uh, one and two on the, mm. on the ladder, Huge. and can't pick it. Can't pick it. Well, that's the whole segment. Mm. Okay, I'm going to go <laughs> Storm. Is he? Ooh, without Pap? Yep. Without Pap? I'm yeah, going Panthers. Got... Yeah. That's yeah, the safe I think, bet. I think Pap's. That's the safe yeah. bet as well. Oh, I think... <laughs> I've never been I safe. I think Pap's a big loss. Okay, so that's the, is that the lunch? Uh, uh, oh. Yeah, it can be. I oh, know, but he's, he's in... We can arrange anything. We've got prime Zoom lunch. Always, Zoom lunch. I'll, I'll, pay. I'll see you soon. Okay. <laughs> you, you'll see as he drif- okay. drifting down right. Ponsonby Road enough. All right, here we go. This is the one I really want because you just missed one of the all-time great off-air rants, is he? Saturday, 5 p.m. We're going around the grounds with Rainbird. Warriors, 10th on the ladder. Rabbitohs, 9th on the ladder. Suncorp Stadium, 5 p.m. Um, <sighs> I'm hesitant Warriors. to say this, but I think the Warriors can win. I'm worried. You know, with Tohu back, I and they've got Murray the out. I stop worried. They've got their lock, and that glues the whole team. Yeah, and yeah, Murray, yeah. yeah, and I think there is the great chance, and that's the sort of game that the Warriors win. It's the sort of game, and then the next week they'll lose to the Bulldogs. You know, but yeah. they for for Tohu coming back, they might just all pull it together. Do you not worry that Cody Nakarima will have stolen uh, all of the I Warriors' signs? Cannot believe that they've allowed him to play. I, Israel, isn't there a clause in your contract that if you swap clubs, you <laughs> you, you can't go straight onto the field knowing all the calls? Mate, and, 
it's league, mate. We don't know what's <laughs> happening. All these mid-season drafts yeah, and all the that's rubbish. It's a shambles. I hate that. Yeah. It's really it's a, poor that yeah. there's no one team, one team players anymore. Mm. It's all about the check. It's almost mm. like yeah. let's go Warriors, eh? Yes, we're here on the table. We're all going lunch. We're all going lunch. What about this? The Battle of the Spoon tomorrow, 8 p.m. The Dogs. I love that we're saying the Battle of the Spoon like we're not in it. Yeah, yeah, true. (laughs) Bulldogs 15th versus the Knights 16th. Suncorp Stadium. That'll be a stinker. Bulldogs. Bulldogs. Phil Gould, Phil Gould's now helping mm. out, so that's yeah. Bulldogs. Okay, Super Rugby. I've tasted victory. They're yeah. on the way. Top yeah. eight. That tastes. That's really nice. What is that taste? Oh, some beautiful uh, yeah, Central Otago Pinot uh, tomorrow, seven p.m. Highlanders versus the Force Forsyth Bar. Uh, look, I like the Force's resolve, but they won't beat the Highlanders down there. Not at think. home. Highlanders, Highlanders. No, and yep. not with um, the, the two, two, two of the best halfbacks running around. You got Nuggy, and then you've got, and then he gets replaced, which is very clever, um, by the um, oh, yeah, and he's fantastic. Uh, that that's a winning mm. that's a winning strategy there. I think so. Game of mm. the round, head and shoulders, missing a couple of big big couple of big outs for the Brumbies though. Tomorrow, nine forty-five p.m. Brumbies second, Crusaders third, over there in Canberra. Uh, Izzy and me have given our take on this one. What do you think, Pete? <laughs> Crusaders. Can't keep a good yeah. dog. Can't keep a good dog down. They've had a couple of blips, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they're playing away, but that's the sort of, you know, there's a that's a great team, great coach. He would have worked some things out. Mm. Yeah, Crusaders. I agree. Izzy. Yeah, good man. They haven't they haven't yes. beaten them by two thousand and nine as Quizzy Dag, which you by the way, if you're not playing Quizzy Dag at quarter to seven every morning, oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven. That's the Kennard's High phone line. You wanna to go to the Goldie five hundred? We're all going, I think. V eight, supercars, one of the great events. <laughs> Izzy took the check today. He got well, in, the I'm draw in the draw. Yeah. Because you didn't win. Uh. So tomorrow, six forty five, you need to get involved with that. They haven't beaten the Crusaders since two thousand and nine, the Brumbies and Look, we remember those finals in the early 2000s. Um, here's one I'd like to run by you. Waratahs Hurricanes. <laughs> Can the Tars no. make... No. No? <laughs> no, nah, they've had their little run. Go on, Izzy. Kick the Canes. Go on. You know you want to. <laughs> you know you want to. I'm going to kick the I'm gonna, Israel, I'm gonna I kick can't the believe it. I'm going to kick... I'm going to kick the Canes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> I think I think the Waratahs over at Lockhart Oval will be, yeah, I think they'll be too good. Really? For, um, for the Hurricanes. Yeah, look, look, I know the Hurricanes, they put on a performance against Fiji and Drua. Um, they're welcoming back Julian Savia and some big names. I just think, yeah, it'll be a difficult task for them over at Lockhart really? Oval against the Waratahs outfit. They'd only just limped over Moana Pacifica, but I, yeah, I think they'll be... Too good. Okay. If they can put in the performance like they did against the Crusaders, um, yeah, I think I think they'll be too good. What about what about some football boys? Because it's a huge night Saturday night here at ECNZ. Uh, Daniel McCarty and Phoenix. Co have the Knicks call. They are in the playoffs. We spoke to the the captain Ollie Sale ooh, probably six weeks. No, not even that long. A month ago, asked him, "Are you guys going to make the finals?" He said, "Yes." We are. So they play Western United. They've beaten them a few times this season at Amy Park in mm. Melbourne on Saturday. Do we have a gut feeling on this one? Well, what's the? Have they got the best lineup on on the on the pitch? Yep, they've got players back. Yep, yep. And they've got. A, I'd say that's a, that's a fifty fifty. I think it'll just go with a few, a bit of luck and a few refs calls and stuff. I'd and being a, of course a, a passionate Kiwi, I'd love to see the Phoenix do well. In fact, I'd love to see football do much better in this country mm. because. 
you know, it's, it's when it's played well, it's, it's the beautiful game. Love it. Yeah. Mm. Go think, Phoenix. I'm going Phoenix. Yeah. I'll, Go take Phoenix. My shirt, yep. I'll take Phoenix. my shirt off and spin it around my head. Yeah. Everybody wants to see that. <laughs> yeah. Nine minutes away from nine this morning. That was round the grounds with Rain, but the intelligence. That's a nice multi there, actually, Louis. Oh, oh, somebody's put got paid today. Somebody's got <laughs> money in their TAP account. Mm. Mm. And a free lunch. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> it's nine away Talking from the talk. Dying. We'll catch up with Smithy, Ian Smith. I'm sure he'll want to say g'day to you, Peter. And we'll catch up with Smithy and not too far. Nine minutes away from nine. We'll also go. Uh, uh, we'll also uh, do our Greyhound charity run. That was around the gra- grounds with Rainbird, the intelligent use of water back soon. The kid is high Stuff for your face and body? It's men's skincare with a purpose. Top quality Aussie-made grooming and skincare to help guys look and feel great with no hassles. Plus, Stuff is helping mental health too. Find Stuff at Woolworths or visit websiteofstuff.com.